this is Ethan, and I'm here by myself, and I am Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, bonus episode 15 centimeter. On today's bonus episode, I review the Weird Al Strings Attached concert at Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford, New Hampshire. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. All right, I am all by myself. <laughs> I don't mind. I hope you don't mind here on 15 centimeter that I'm all by myself in a hotel room, like 30 minutes away from the venue. Thanks, Frank. I, I drove, after the show, I drove all the way back here, and uh, it's like, I didn't have dinner, and uh, there was nothing open, so I ended up going to the gas station, and I bought some chips, and I bought some bagel bites, and I bought a, a thing of Pringles, and I got back to my hotel room, and I realized the guy didn't put my Pringles in the bag, so I'm very hungry, and if I... Uh, accidentally eat the microphone instead of uh, record this episode, then you now know why. Because that gas station dude is enjoying my jalapeno cheddar wavy Pringles. Let's start from the beginning, though. So today, um, today I started the day off actually at home. Um, I got home um, Wednesday night after uh, getting back from the Vienna show with Dave and Jackie. I uh, went back to my actual home base, and then this morning I worked uh, from home until 1 p.m., and I quickly got right on the road and drove up here, and uh, all the way to Guilford. took me about three and a half hours uh, to get to the hotel, and it was all back roads the entire way, and that drives me nuts. I hate winding back roads when I have to go long distances. I hate having to be behind slow people that you can't pass, and you're just kind of stuck. <laughs> so, it was a little torturous. I'd rather be on the highway going, uh, you know, 10, 9 over the speed limit uh, my whole way and drive a little further than have to, <laughs> to then go a shortcut that is slow and windy. Um, but I made it because of, uh, you know, I got out, got done with the work. It was supposed to be done at 1, and it, of course I worked a little bit later. And then by the time I got on the road and then got to the hotel... Um, I wanted to shower and get ready for the show, and I literally had 20 minutes to do that because it was still, uh, as I mentioned, thanks Frank, uh, 30 minutes to the venue from uh, this hotel. So quickly showered, I got changed, put on my mandatory world tour local crew Weird Al shirt, and headed over. The show on the ticket and everything said 7 o'clock, so I wanted to be there. By seven, so I wouldn't miss the Stormtrooper Symphony or anything. So, got there just enough time. As I'm driving there um, on my 30 minute commute, um, I did pass a restaurant called Rossi's. Um, so, I uh, I wish I had more time to stop in and uh, visit Dave's family, uh, <laughs> get some food. Um, but uh, I, I was unable to because I needed to make it there in time. And I wasn't sure what the parking situation was going to be like, so I got over to the uh, venue, and of course there's like a giant line of cars, 
and uh, you know it's an outdoor thing, and it's one of those places where you know you roll up, and I see everyone uh, roll up, and it's there's a sign that says make sure you have your tickets. So people roll up, they roll down the window, they stick their ticket out, lady scans it, and then they go and park. So I got my ticket out, and I roll up, I hand the lady my ticket, and she scans it, and she's like, "Is this your ticket?" I was like, "Yeah, is that what I'm supposed to have?" She's like, "No, you need to have a parking pass." And I was like, oh, well, I don't. She's like, well, it's 15 bucks. So paid the 15 bucks. I parked in the orange parking lot. Um, I walked in, and it was quite a walk. Um, no, nothing too crazy, but, you know, for these outdoor pavilions, sometimes you park far away. So <clears throat> walk in, going through these metal detectors. You got to take all the stuff out of your pockets and go through. I get in, and I'm like... I'm literally, like, in the gate at 6.55. So, like, just made it just in time uh, for the 7 o'clock show. And uh, I decided to swing by the merch booth real quick just to check in, see if there's anything new. Um, I wanted to check on the messenger bags to make sure there were no new colors. It was still brown, no more tan um, as of this show, just the brown ones that Dave and I saw in Vienna, Virginia uh, a few nights ago. And uh, found my seat, and uh, of course I was next to uh, a large Albanian woman. Um, well, actually, no, it was just <laughs> another large guy. So we kind of um, we didn't really fit next to each other so well. So it was a little bit uncomfortable. Um, but I got there, and I was like, all right, at least I'm not going to miss any of the Stormtrooper Symphony. And uh, I ended up waiting 30 minutes because the show didn't actually start until 7:30. Uh, but it started at 7.30 on the dot, so I, I kind of feel like um, I've heard of venues that will advertise one time and then actually intend for another one so they can sell more drinks and stuff. So that's my guess since it was so on the dot, but um, who knows? Maybe they decided to hold the show. I did get to see my friend Jacinta, um, so I saw her. I met her husband, her son, and her friend, so that was nice. There were a few rows behind me, um, and she was on the aisle. And um, she was telling me she's going to be at two shows this year, this one and Boston. And I said, oh, I hope um, you get to see both versions of the show, both the One More Minute and You Don't Love Me Anymore. And she had already thought of that. She said, well, there's two shows in between, so that means I will get to see both. So um, I'm glad that she will get to see both versions of the show for the two she's seeing. And I'm excited to see her again in Boston. As I said, it started 30 minutes late. Um, as I'm sitting there, uh, waiting, I noticed there are confetti cannons on stage, and, uh, if you've kept up on the centimeter episodes, when I was in Toronto, my first outdoor show, there were no confetti cannons, and then my second outdoor show was Vienna, and there was confetti twice, except it was streamers twice, there was streamers for Harvey and then streamers for the end of Yoda, um, so I wasn't sure what to expect for New Hampshire, and I did see the cannon, so I knew something was coming. There were two screens um, on either side of the stage, and uh, they weren't super high-res uh, screens like Al's LED wall, but they were good enough. You could still see the orchestra and everything. The conductor was Eric Roth again. Every single time, all seven of my shows so far have been Eric. I'm wondering if I'll ever see his dad, Arnie, but still, it's always great to see Eric. He does a great job, and he's fun to, to watch, you know, with his motions and dropping his his uh, sheet music after each song. Uh, he's always fun. So show started off, as always, with Raiders March. Went into Mission Impossible, then Superman, then Star Wars. Really nothing out of the ordinary there. 
Um, it was all great. I mean, the acoustics in this venue are awesome. Um, it was warm out, but um, there was enough of a breeze or something. Uh, I was very comfortable, uh, except for being squished between two large Albanian women. Oh, no. It, it was just uh, just that one guy, and he, he wasn't that large just a you know bigger guy we had eventually settled in i think you know eventually it's kind of like tetris it just kind of works out and uh you get more comfortable during the show um so we had the 20 minute intermission and um then uh then eric comes back and they started beethoven's fifth uh which went into fun zone and i noticed uh right off the bat that steve did not have his headphones uh, so those of you keeping track on the spreadsheet, no headphones for Steve uh, on the show in New Hampshire. For the second show in a row that I'm aware of, there could have been others, but for my second show in a row, there was no Monique Donnelly, uh, no middle Al's gal background singer. It was just Lisa and Scotty tonight again. So Al comes out and it was great. Um, Unplugged medley went off without a... Uh, <laughs> that any hitches you know i lost on jeopardy i left rocky road and uh, like a surgeon uh went into twine ball and um sometimes al will mention something to do with the local area uh like in in philly he talked about you know the cheese steaks and the cream cheese everything's cheese related but for new hampshire he said new hampshire is known for many things i'm assuming but what was interesting is um you know when he went to introduce that song, instead of just going into it, he said, instead of singing a song about New Hampshire's great natural beauty and wonder, I'm going to sing about twine balls in Minnesota or something to that. Um, so I was enjoying the song. I could really hear the orchestra very well tonight. And I was just enjoying it. I was just sitting back and listening. I, I forgot to listen for the car horn during twine ball the one thing that i always listen for i mean i i wasn't listening so i don't know if i heard it but i didn't notice it so for those of you with the spreadsheets uh i would say no with an asterisk and just uh say i didn't hear it you know technically i didn't hear it um but i also wasn't listening for it so go ahead and note that as you need uh went into word crimes and i noticed that um you know, as Al goes around during that song, sometimes he lifts his arms. And I noticed uh, his shirt raised up a little bit, and I could see the One More Minute boxers uh, <laughs> peeking out. So <laughs> that was just a, a fun thing. I, I think, uh, you know, someone who's seen the show for the first time wouldn't think anything of it. But, of course, I'm looking for any minor detail. Um, so uh, I figured I would note it here for you fine listeners. And, of course, um, we went right into One More Minute. You know, it was pretty standard. He didn't go very far back. Uh, my friend Jacinta was on the aisle, so I was really hoping he would go over to her, but he didn't quite go back far enough. And he pretty much stayed in the first couple rows, mainly the front row. Uh, I think both scarves went to people in the front row. Uh, fork went to someone in the second row. And then uh, this was a first for me on this tour. Uh, Al typically uh, goes on stage before he tosses out the boxers, but he did it. Uh, on the floor in the front row, he uh, he yanked the boxers out. He pointed at a woman in the second row, threw him. It hit her in the face, but then slid over her head into the row behind her. And I was thinking, like in the moment, I was like, "Oh man, you know, Al throws you the thing, and, you know, it falls behind you. Someone else is going to grab it." 
And before I could finish having that thought, the guy <laughs> in the row behind her put it on her face again. So she got her boxers back. I enjoyed that. After one more minute, we went into the drum solo, which was great. And then right into Jurassic Park. And I know everyone is wondering what color was Al's beverage. And I am very excited to report that it is back to red. Uh, it was red tonight. <laughs> So add that on the spreadsheet. You know, I think there's an algorithm that we can follow, an algorithm uh, that we can follow to figure out if it's going to be red or orange or maybe a different color. So uh, I hope all the uh, the nerds who listen can can start working on that algorithm, that algorithm, and we'll see. Unlike last night, we did get don't download this song tonight. It was nice to uh, get that. Um, then we went into Weasel Stomping Day, and again, you know, with just the two backup singers, I was wondering how it was going to go, putting the Viking helmets on, and, um, I think to compensate for, you know, Lisa putting on both Jim and Al's hat, Al kind of leaned towards Jim, but Lisa had it out where Al normally would be, so they... You know, I think they were both trying to, like, compensate for each other, and they ended up missing a little bit. Um, but it was pretty much flawless. Um, then we got a bass solo, and uh, instead of playing with his teeth, he played with his hands this time. So Steve just plucked one string, uh, went into Tacky. Tacky was great. Um, when Al was walking, he walked past our aisle, and uh, he sang right in the face of the guy right in front of Jacinta. So I was, I was bummed that, uh, that she missed out. Uh, but he kept going back all the way to the back uh, of the section. And uh, he went up the stairs a little bit. And he was, like, singing to this one guy. And then this other guy was, like, this, like he, at first I was, like, looking at the video screen. I thought it was a security guard. But it was this guy dressed in all black. And he just, like, reached his hand out to Al. Like, it was kind of bizarre how he did it. Like, just very, like... Uh, I need to, you to touch my hand. And uh, I think he was like, trying to get Al to like high-five him or something, but it, it was weird how <laughs> he was doing it. And Al kind of, I don't, I don't think he saw him, and he kind of walked off, and the guy started to follow him. And then I think security intervened because I didn't see more of that guy. What was so great is we went into Harvey, and you wouldn't expect New Hampshire to necessarily be a bigger market, but we got rainbow confetti, rainbow streamers, during Harvey. I, I, I need to specify uh we got the rainbow streamers for the second show in a row um we got the rainbow streamers so i don't know what um what decides that but th that's the, only the second time um i've gotten to see it and i haven't heard of it happening anywhere else so correct me uh if i'm wrong but um it was really cool to see it adds so much to harvey because the way al introduces it you know he really like hypes it up for what is one of the shortest songs in Al's catalog, and one of the sillier songs in Al's catalog. And, um, <laughs> you know, having the confetti at the end is just so funny. Uh, so after after Harvey, I did notice uh, some stagehands went out and they grabbed the confetti cannon. So uh, in the moment, I was like, oh, maybe they're grabbing them to reload them for the end of Yoda. During Jackson Park Express, I noticed a few things that were different in this show, and I don't know if it was just the setup of the venue or the acoustics, but um, I could hear um, Scotty's microphone very well, so I could, you know, very, I could very much make out um, her singing. I think it was louder than it typically is, 
and there was someone playing the woodblock. I don't know if you remember from elementary school where they like, you know, someone gets the wooden fish and someone gets the triangle and someone gets the woodblock, but I heard woodblock very prominently in Jackson Park Express. I don't know if that's always there, but, uh, or maybe the, the mics were, the sound levels were different tonight, but, um, I wrote that down because I heard the, the woodblock watching the videos. Um, you know, the the thing that Dave pointed out to me that I can't unsee is during the epic rap battles of history, there is a part where they say sound effect and the lyrics written on screen says sound effect with an A when we were in Vienna. Dave told Al about it and, and uh, so he was wondering if Al would fix it. And uh, we, we know that our spreadsheet folks would be wondering as well. And uh, as of the New Hampshire show, it still says affect. Uh, it was not changed or fixed. One thing I've noticed before, but I don't think we've talked about on the podcast, is during the uh, Homer and Marge Simpsons video clip, um, and obviously that episode, there is... Um, a depiction of Al and the band, and it's a really good depiction of, of them, you know, really good caricatures. Uh, but one thing that kind of just slightly bugs me is they have Ruben over on Jim's side in the in the Simpsons. They don't have him over on Steve's side. But they do have Jim and Steve, you know, placed appropriately. So I just thought I would note that. Uh, during Smells Like Nirvana, there was so much uh, fog and people went nuts for it. It was such a good uh, performance of it. I was just like enjoying the song and like I felt something like tap my back and I turned around like, you know, there was a guy who was sitting behind me and uh, I thought he like tapped my back. So I was like, why is he tapping my back during Smells Like Nirvana? Does he not enjoy my <laughs> head bobbing or something? Um, but I saw a beach ball. Someone had brought an inflated beach ball and they were hitting it around uh, the venue. And um, that's kind of cool the first couple minutes. Um, but unfortunately it continued almost the entire show and I can only imagine that's distracting for Al and the band and kind of distracting for me and the audience. So mm, not my favorite, but, um, first time I've seen that at a Weird Al show and we had Dare to be Stupid, uh, another great one, again, a great performance of it. Um, I, uh, I did my hand mo movements for, um, spinning on a fish and barking up a tree and I didn't notice anyone else doing that, so it has not caught on yet, as far as I can tell. During the um, the dirt video, um, I noticed that a stagehand or crew uh, replaced the cannons back on the stage, so they must have refilled it and put it back during that one. So, so I knew that there was something coming at the end of the show. Uh, white and nerdy, you know, the audience does not go crazier than for white and nerdy. I mean, maybe they do. Once we get to this point in the show, the craziness builds with each song, you know, going into the um, Amish Paradise and, and um, Saga Begins and Yoda. Uh, it, people just go completely crazy. So after white and nerdy uh, is the weird video and the sound kind of like cut out at one point in the beginning, but it was just, it was briefly, uh, didn't really... You didn't lose anything except the crowd cheering uh, during that opening text part, um, but I figured I should note it. Uh, Amish Paradise was great. I just love that song. Amish Vamp was fun. At the end, when Al was introducing the band, uh, he introduced Eric Roth, and then he said, and the Eric Roth Orchestra. <laughs> so that was the first time I've heard that. 
Um, I don't know if Al forgot the name of the orchestra. Maybe there isn't a name for the orchestra, but uh, Eric Roth Orchestra has a nice ring to it. So we got the, of course, the same old encore. We got the Rube Emperor uh, coming out, doing his thing. Uh, Saga Begins started, and we, of course, um, for our spreadsheet, like to track which characters come out. I'm happy to report there were three Stormtroopers, then Vader, and then three more Stormtroopers. So it was... Just the seven of them in a symmetrical way. I'm watching and enjoying Saga Begins and I'm seeing lightning bugs and there was like a, it was either a large moth or a small bird kind of fly onto the stage, fly past Al and, during that song and it was interesting. Um, you know, when when it came to the part where Al sang on the shoulder of a stormtrooper he did it not the one to the steve side of vader but two to the steve side of vader so that's been a trend um i think you know at least five or six of these shows in a row have had that stormtrooper so if you're in the 501st and you get to pick your order and you want to be sung to by al um that's a good spot to be uh, one very surprising thing is when it came to uh, Vader's reveal of his lightsaber, there was no lightsaber. Um, he had no lightsaber, so he just kind of slowly raised his hand, and uh, he just kind of swayed his hand side to side. It was uh, really funny, actually. You know, usually it's a little goofy to see, you know, the, the Vader swaying his uh, lightsaber, but just his, you know, uh, black glove hands swaying side to side was kind of funny. Yoda was great, and um, the stage was pretty high up, so there wasn't really going to be an opportunity for Al to uh, force it upon someone in the audience to sing the second verse, so he just told us to do it better. Very excited that at the end of the show, we got actual confetti, not streamers, but actual square confetti. So we got both rainbow streamers during Harvey, or at the end of Harvey, and then the white square confetti at the end of Yoda. Uh, so I was surprised. I, I did not expect to get that uh, for an outdoor venue. I figured it would be harder to clean up, and maybe they just don't care. I'm happy they don't care, because it was great. So uh, leaving the venue, there was like a little stage, and I, I guess when I came into the venue, that stage, there was a, a small band playing some music and uh, there was a single guy on the stage with the guitar and he was playing don't let's start by they might be giants uh so that was pretty cool to hear there were maybe three or four people rocking out <laughs> in the little audience for that little stage on the way out um it was a cool venue i didn't really have a much of a chance to explore it uh just based on how um close i got there to showtime but um, it seemed like there were a lot of cool, you know, games like uh, radio station type games where you could win like, you know, sunglasses or a keychain or, or that kind of thing. And uh, there were a lot of food options. Um, they even had their own venue merchandise. I, I started walking over to it. I was like, wow, I see a, a different color shirt that I've seen before on this tour. And then as I got closer, I was like, ah, that's not the Al merch booth. That's the venue merch booth. And... Um, I also was thinking, like, man, it's weird that there's no line. And uh, I think the woman was excited that I was coming over and then disappointed when I realized and did not fully come over. And as I said, uh, another 30-minute drive back to the hotel. Thanks, Frank. Went to the gas station as I gave you a little preview, and I got some frozen stuff to mic make in my microwave. And I, I got a six-pack of beer, and uh, I got back to the hotel 
And I asked the guy at the front desk, I was like, hey, do you have a, a bottle opener? And I was holding a six-pack of beer bottles. And uh, he's like, uh, he didn't even, like, respond. He just kind of, like, grunted. And I he opened a drawer and he started, like, rooting around. And after, like, um, after at least 30 to 40 seconds, he pulls out a wine bottle opener. He's like, I'm going to let you borrow this, but you better bring it right back as soon as the bottle's open because these things have a good way of disappearing. And, I, you know, I'm standing there with a six-pack of beer bottles in my hand. It's like, um, I'm actually wondering if you have a, uh, a, a beer bottle opener. And he's like, oh, no. It's like, oh, um, you know, sometimes in hotel rooms I see, you know, an opener in the room. Is that what you, do you have that at this hotel? No. Oh, so you don't have one at the desk either? No. Okay, I guess I'll figure it out. And he, I don't know if he heard what I said because he said, thanks, you too. <laughs> and uh, I was able to figure it out and get the uh, <laughs> the beer open without damaging anything. It's actually kind of fun. You know, it makes you, you know, when you work for the beer and uh, <laughs> you get it open, it, it tastes a little bit better. So, and now I'm here, and I'm going to be going to bed shortly, and then I've got a, another long, a couple-hour drive down to Mashantucket, Connecticut tomorrow night for the show at Foxwoods Casino. Um, I've seen Al before there. It's a great venue. I'm pretty far back. That was one of the shows that I kind of added after my initial like batch of on-sale day, and um, I do know this show sold out. And uh, so I'm, I'm not very close, but I'm excited to get... Uh, perhaps a new view of the show because it's always interesting so looking forward to that uh, thanks for listening of course uh, give us a call 347 spatula if you if you've seen a show and you want to give us your review uh, we'd love to hear from you and maybe we'll even put those in a bonus episode um, or were you at any of the shows that we've been to and did we miss anything um, we would love to know uh, how are those spreadsheets going? Be sure to send those. Send us the update on those spreadsheets to uh, to Dave and I and to Frank. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at 2000inch. And we're also 2000inch.com. Come up with a brand new uh, episode uh, of the full podcast, a brand new inch, every Wednesday. So uh, keep checking back and then you'll get these centimeter episodes you know periodically uh throughout the week uh as we see fit or as frank has time to edit and get them posted but looking forward to foxwood tomorrow night dave and jackie will be there so i'll be able to record the centimeter with dave once again and then from there we'll be off to new york city and then i lose dave again for both boston and lewiston which is near buffalo This has been Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast, bonus episode 15 centimeter. Hey, thanks for the tip. I went to Rossi's. They had a special on Pringles. 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 Pringles, 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 Pringles.